Hello and welcome or welcome back to an incremental podcast episode. If you're new here, today's episode is part of our latest series called Exploring the Multiverse, where I, Maor Sadra, your host, speak with industry experts and thought leaders about what would happen if crazy or not so crazy hypotheticals would happen. Our guest for this episode is none other than Katherine Saduskaya, a veteran user acquisition manager at GameHouse Original Stories. Katherine and I talked about what if Gen Zs reject ads and what if ad networks started banning deceptive creatives. Both topics are very relevant and important topics for anyone doing any type of user acquisition in today's world. I always enjoy speaking with Katherine and hope you'll enjoy listening to our conversation. How are you? Uh, I'm as good as it can get in the middle of winter in Lithuania. Okay, in Monday as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is like Monday morning. How did you get prepped, like, emotionally and physically to this uh, interview? Uh, honestly, I just watched a lot of Instagram reels because it helps me to put my mind off because I'm generally a very stressful person. Really? Especially... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very anxious. I, <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to like public speaking and things. So yeah, I just, you know, allowed myself to get into this web hole. Well, the good thing is this is not public speaking. This is just you and I talking and a couple of thousand people listening later. But that's later. But later, that's yeah. Later. So that's Doesn't part. count. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Catherine, would you please give an introduction to the audience on who you are, what you do? Oh, yeah, the question. What am I? Who am I? Yeah, so yeah, hello everyone. I'm Catherine and currently I'm with GameHouse Original Stories. We make mobile games for primarily women, um, different casual games that match to your world and so on. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, by the way, and I've been in gaming for about five, five and a half years. Got there completely by accident, to be honest, but grown to love the industry and yeah, we've been doing different sides of marketing. Since what, what was the completely by accident? How did you get into this world? Uh, maybe it sounded a bit into this world. <laughs> maybe it sounded uh, more dramatic than it was, but it was basically, I was never a gamer. I never considered the gaming industry. It was not that lucrative back then. And I just saw a job ad for a local game studio and I applied just because it was marketing, which was the job that I was looking for back then. And it was in English, which is also quite rare for Lithuania because I'm not from here and my Lithuanian is really, really bad. <laughs> so those were the two criteria that I was looking for. And that was like one of very few job ads that, that popped up. And that is, it all happened. And hey. Here we are. Yeah, I think everybody kind of like stumbles into like the world of digital marketing, whatever you're doing, everyone stumbles. No one really like, you know, grows up in school and thinks this is what I will do when I'll be grown up. Definitely. And especially, you know, even though I studied marketing as my master's, it was still not on my radar, like the UA world, digital marketing, because the school, at least here, is still quite like old school. They still teach more of like, brand marketing traditional marketing so you're like oh my god i'm gonna graduate work for like pepsi coca-cola whatnot come up with this gigantic global brand campaigns 
Yeah. And then in reality, no, let's let's teach it. Yeah, it's good, that, that's good digital dream, right? Yeah, at least the, the aspiration, yeah. Cool. So, Catherine, you and I know each other for, for some time, and I'm uh, very honored that you joined as a guest for our podcast channel. Um, yeah, thank so, you for inviting. Yeah, and I gave you a little bit of the, the premise. So the idea is that we go into hypotheticals, okay? Some of these are very unlikely to happen, so it's a cool thought exercise. Some of these are actually more likely to happen than not to happen, to be fair. And... I'm quite interested to like go into the first uh, question because, again, I actually don't even know. Are you a Gen Z? Oh my God! <laughs> Is this polite to ask? <laughs> yeah, are you a Gen Z? No, I'm a millennial. Ah, okay. Wow. Okay. Cool <laughs> to know. So I'm a millennial too. But uh, you meet a lot of Gen Zs and what you do because um, actually the audience of the game sometimes might be Gen Z. Um, so. The first question we're going to go into is what if research basically starts showing us that Gen Z's just don't respond to ads to the point of rejecting ads. I actually just went back from a meeting where someone was telling me that young people are switching to flip phones when they go out just because they don't want to be distracted. So if we go extreme, like Gen Z basically says, if I see it as an ad, just going to reject the brand. What if that's the future we're heading to? Yeah. So I think it's super interesting. In general, Gen Z is a very interesting topic for me. I just love observing them. Uh, to me, it's, it's just fascinating. And uh, yeah, as you said, Gen Z may be quite a big audience for casual mobile games specifically. In case of Game House, it's not really the case. We screw it always like an older audience. Uh, but before that, I worked in a kids and teen game studio. So this is like exactly <laughs> the target audience. And as unlikely as it sounds that like the whole generation globally will just say no to ads, or just at least stop clicking on them. I think if there is a generation that can do this, it is Gen Z specifically because they are so good at like self-organizing. And if they have an idea that they can relate to on more emotional level, they can really deliver it. And while I don't think it may happen globally, at least like locally, let's say, or for some specific brands or some specific games, I think that could be the case. Still unlikely though. Uh, but yeah, I think if yeah, that generation can do that. And then how do we market to them? Ah, <laughs> I think um, what really sets this generation aside, at least on the surface, is that they do like authenticity, even though it's a bit, you know, it's a question <laughs> how uh, authentic is their version of authenticity, because even those apps that are really popular now among Gen Z, like Be Real, like no one is real on Be Real, it's the Gen Z jokes about it themselves. <laughs> that, that's true. I, I, by the way, I installed it. In two days, I removed it. <laughs> like, I'm just not, not made for what, it. What is it? What is Be Real? Be Real, it's like, basically, you just get your closed circle of friends there, and you all get a notification once a day, randomly, at random times, to take a photo. And... It also, at least on Android, it takes a photo simultaneously from the front and the main camera. 
So it's kind of like you show your real self because it is unexpectedly in some random spot of the day and then only the friends see oh, wait, wait, the wait, and the app takes the photo or you need to click to take the photo? Well, yeah, you get a push notification, okay. you open it, and then you get like two minutes, a countdown. It's not like photo. an awkward situation. Ta-da! No, no. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Just that a privacy be... nightmare. Who knows, Gen Z? Maybe that's the thing. You know? How do we market, let's say, games to an audience that basically says if it's on a if it's on an ad, I don't want it. Yeah, so the, the most obvious route to take would probably be, though also with its own problems, is trying to generate word of mouth for that. Because naturally, that's what they may believe if someone from the peers recommends. To do that uh, organically, controlled, is really hard because that's the nature of doing marketing like organically it's uncontrolled it either happens or it either not to make it non-organically controlled is also hard because then it's again not as authentic and not as real and may still be perceived as an ad even though like the, the first instinct may be okay then we go to for example influencers or like community leaders or so on and maybe do some partnerships with them either integrations whatever but also this specific type of marketing has been around also for quite some time and now it is also perceived as an advertisement like i know a lot of people also just skip it if it's on a youtube video like it's the same now as ads uh, so there is also a slippery road so i think as <laughs> dumb as it may sound it's uh, marketing to gen z in this a doomsday hypothetical scenario would start on a product level like then the product itself be it a game or be it an app would have to be created with this thought of virality i would say in mind shareability that it's worth for a first person to share it either to their circle in real life or to, to their circle online I think that would be, that's not an easy task. <laughs> How do you think, sure. like, what's the likelihood of this happening? Of Gen Z refusing ads? Rejecting ads. Yeah, as I said, not really. Um, because from my experience of working with primarily female, the audience of both um, under 12, 12 to 20 and 25 plus, uh, the under 20 demographic actually loves clicking on things. <laughs> they may not convert into payers that well later yes. on. Yes. But yes, yes. Uh, but they love clicking on things. So from what I saw, uh, it's unlikely. But as I said, if any generation can do this, it's that specific one. Kind of related, um, which is like the next question. So. People like clicking ads, and I think where we see more people clicking ads, unfortunately, sometimes is misleading ads, deceptive ads. We can also hear like there's misog misogynistic ads as well happening. Now, if we go for another hypothetical, what if, let's say both the ad networks, ad platforms, you know what, let's, let's call it the, the like our industry. 
gets to the point where it bans, actually bans misleading ads um, and only accept gameplay ads, like real ads showing how the gameplay is going to look like, how the product is going to look like. Um, what would that world look like if this happens? So I think, I actually think something like this uh, was hinted at a few years ago. I don't remember exactly, but I think it was Google Ads who was like, no, 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 we will ban misleading ads. Of course, it didn't happen eventually because it's also uh, kind of a complicated topic. Maybe I will talk about it a bit later. Um, but I think um, the first reaction of the industry generally will be to panic. Because unfortunately, uh, this is the trend that we see now in mobile gaming. Uh, again, I'm specifically talking about casual mobile gaming, which is my industry. Uh, maybe in like hardcore, it's slightly different, but I doubt. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the trends that we are seeing in the past years and they're not changing is that um, it's more drama, more misleading, more like I call them trashy scenarios. It's like you know everything brought to a level of extreme and usually mostly negative things <laughs> unfortunately we don't get that much positivity in our ads which also tells a lot about not only our industry but also about our audience because clearly if companies and big companies continue doing that there is a response from the audience of that i would argue that it's not the most quality response because we are still humans at the end of the day if we see a car crash we will look at it even though we don't like the fact that it's happening so it's the same with this over dramatized dramatized um, misogynistic as you say sexist sexist just crazy scenarios ads um, yeah you may be intrigued hooked by that and you know as they say in marketing that's the most important thing you gotta at least hook the person and then we will figure out <laughs> what to do with them later once they are in app so I think because this is kind of the uh, became the norm in mobile marketing, uh, yeah, the, the first reaction to if this happens will be, oh my God, what are we going to do? Uh, but as I always try to say, uh, the, you know, this explanation, but this is how our industry works, quote unquote, it's not an excuse. Uh, because we are the industry and it's also in our power maybe in some companies more than others to change it uh, so yeah i think uh, if let's say all networks collectively decide to ban ban ad uh, misleading ads or like non-gameplay ads uh, there will be a pushback a huge pushback and not only because of the things that i just uh, outlined but also because there is often a really fine line between what is a misleading ad and what is just marketing. And I'm not one of those people, if, if they even exist, who think that any non-gameplay ad is misleading. It's just unfair because marketing, marketing is marketing. We are marketing the product, but we're also marketing an experience for that. And sometimes the way your gameplay looks in app is not exactly how it feels to play like you may okay in our case you may be playing a time management game where you are just serving your customers but you feel like a cafe owner you feel that you're like growing your own empire and you cannot disregard these feelings this emotional attachment that is that goes beyond the simple gameplay 
and to address this uh, emotional response to the game in an ad is not you know inherently a bad thing so this is where problem number one comes where is the line between like true ads and misleading ads because sometimes it can be extremely blurry uh yeah. What do you think would be the most affected if this happens tomorrow? If you know collectively the uh, the biggest ad networks, Iron Source and Bundle and Applav and so on, gather together and say, we're adding a curation team whose job is to basically compare if the ads actually represents what the game is, okay? And we don't allow anything where it just has nothing to do with one another. Um, who would be the most affected by this? Mm-hmm. So I think. Uh, first of all, I think even though, okay, let's say in uh, our scenario, this is the decision of ad networks uh, of their own. Uh, it is already a really interesting case because I think they would be affected a lot because in their uh, like onboarding and marketing pushes, they also still value click-through rates a lot. And those are the ads that generate those click-through rates. So ad networks will also kind of lose a little bit in that also because let's not forget that marketing is only one part of it like ua is only one part of it another one is ad monetization so of course when you ban more clickable ads both sides are harmed uh, when it comes to the other side um, like advertisers who run those ads uh, i think anyone in the ua world who made a little bit of the creative research be it on app they are called different data AO, AI, yeah, data, yeah. or um, uh, yeah, on, on other aggregators, uh, they know who will suffer the most because it's very obvious who is utilizing this uh, creative strategy of misleading ads uh, the most uh, currently. And I think those who will suffer the most are not only just uh, the game studios that are utilizing the strategy, but where the disconnect between the ads and the app is the largest. Because there are uh, games who already use, um, who are basically made with marketing in mind, which in, in, in my mind is kind of the goal. So they already integrate uh, the learnings that they got from the industry, from their own testing inside of the game, uh, let's say they add more popular scenarios. Uh, the popular one will be like my house burned down. What do I do now? I need to restore it as an example. Exactly. You saw it. I, mean, I <laughs> yeah. know exactly which ad you're referring to. <laughs> see, see, I told you. Anyone who did a little bit of research, they know what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, and once this is integrated in an, in an app or in a game, it's already a user experience and you cannot say it's misleading ads. So I think, yeah, those who have uh, a complete disconnect between their marketing and their product will suffer the most uh, in this scenario. Um, yeah. If this were to happen, would this be positive or negative or neutral for Game House? Mm, again, it will depend on what will be considered a misleading ad because we do Perhaps kind start of with the extreme yeah. ones let's start with the like literally like extreme ones with what was it the grandmother i don't know murdering her 
daughter ad that is at the end a merge game which have nothing to do with one another but yeah. that's the ad um so let's assume the the extreme ones are yeah okay yeah okay let's operate under this assumption so uh for us um I'm quite proud of that. That won't be a big of an issue, if any issue, because we quite early on, at least during my time, we decided that there are certain limits we are not ready to cross, even if we see, um, even if we see good numbers. There is a, there is a certain ethical limit that uh, we as a team and as a company agreed not to touchy, especially considering that we are openly uh, a studio that makes games specifically for women this is our goal this is our target audience and this is exactly the audience that gets uh let's say <laughs> stereotyped and uh, used and misused a lot in those ads so uh yeah for us of course we do kind of an improved gameplay ads or a little bit of a backstory a little bit of an extra relationship drama in our ads, but we don't go beyond what is in our minds considered kind of like a good ethical approach to this. And yeah, I would also mention, if I may, <laughs> um, a case of our recent uh, release, it's Text Express, which is created by Story Giant Games and published by us. I think this is also a good example where we can uh, we can utilize the stories that they created and planted inside of the app that are very emotional and very dramatic at times. And we can utilize them for our marketing without, again, crossing this uh, border of one, not showing the app at all, and two, being overly dramatic. Because, you know, you can play on, it sounds bad, play on people's emotions, but tap into people's emotions not just with a divorced uh, mother who is also pregnant and has already five children and needs to like warm her house or whatever. I feel like I'm throwing shade a lot. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and it's okay. Um, what's the likelihood of this scenario happening? And again, we're talking about a parallel universe. What's the likelihood of this happening? Um... Let's say that if there are no legal things involved, you know, like a, an extension of GDPR or whatnot, that will influence the ad networks and or advertisers to do this, I think the likelihood is very low, to be honest, because once again, um, the, the lines between misleading and uh, just marketing ads are quite blurry and it will be just a hassle for everyone to try to define it and there will be a lot of disputes and and so on uh, but i think and maybe i'm a little bit <laughs> too hopeful in this regard i think that the fact that we inside the industry as advertisers and uh, game developers are already talking about it and from my experience of talking to people on conferences and online, everyone is aware of, of the problematic nature of such ads. I think the fact that we're already talking about it and we are thinking uh, how not to do it kind of gives me hope that at least from our side of advertisers, 
and people who actually create those ads, there will be some changes happening. And yeah, maybe I'm too positive, but I have this faith. No, so so actually, like, so you know, I've been in this industry for a little bit longer, um, and I I can tell you that like what was it maybe 15 or 18 years ago, you had these ads for um what is it colon cleansing, uh, crazy diet pills, and, oh yeah, um, 20 kilos a week, uh, weight losses. You had free iPhone. Free iPhone was the biggest. Like, oh, that's my favorite. And and. I think that the eventually it, it wasn't actually regulations, so mostly it was a combination of various lawsuits, and and I think the networks stopped accepting them, like eventually. So I think eventually the um, like the world does move away, and I'm sure that there are still ad networks out there running free iPhone scams, <laughs> let's call it like that, um, but they're usually not the ones that are continuing to prosper yeah they're the ones that will go for the easy money uh, and hopefully that's kind of like how things um, go because on the other hand as you say there is a publisher and what i would say many publishers will be oh wow i'm, I'm happy with this 50 bucks ecpm or happy with yeah. the dollar ecpm at some point maybe you will have more and more publishers saying you know what actually like my audiences is important i don't yeah. want to show them this and so i'm gonna start limiting on it. Yeah. I think it, it takes time, but I'm relatively optimistic that like this is more likely to happen. It's it's just gradual and yeah. it always reaches this like tilting point that I think we are almost at the tilting point now. Unfortunately not yet. Uh, yeah. which means it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Definitely. And I think you also mentioned a good point also about audiences and not just publishers taking care of the audiences a little bit more, but also uh, the audience may be a bit more proactive. Quite often uh, I saw the players reporting ads that they don't like, uh, which is already also a good call because they are also recognizing this. And another thing that I keep thinking about in regards of misleading ads and super dramatic ones is that uh, because we every time with new iteration, we, and I mean globally, we as an industry, have to add a little bit on top of it, a little bit more drama, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. Eventually, the audience becomes desensitized to this, and then it stops working. So it's, it's kind of a bubble that will burst eventually. So I think that's also one of the routes to kind of uh, overcome <laughs> this interesting period of trends that we are having now. And yeah, in general, just I think if you are investing in only misleading ads, it can be problematic because you're also limiting your audience and then you're teaching it that uh, more and more drama is okay. And then eventually we'll go to this like, okay, it cannot be more than this and it doesn't work on me anymore. Hopefully. And Kaspri, <laughs> last question is about yeah. you. So we're talking about a multiverse of options. What is Catherine doing in another universe? Oh my God, I hope she's having a blast. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think uh, she's, and maybe it's my projection of my actual dreams. She's working with animals and she's working with art. And I think, yeah, she's having the best of time. Not that I'm <laughs> not having fun now, but I think that's, that's the, the route that was possible to me at some point. 
Nice. Well, I'll say uh, hi to her if I meet her. Please do. Cool. So uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I was a bit anxious, but it's always fun talking to you about marketing books. Same here. Cool. Have a great day. Cheers. You too. Bye.